Welcome to the Russ Podcast. Yes, today's episode, we talk to the phenomenal actor, Columbus Short. He's got a book called Short Stories, one of the best reads I've read in a long time. If you like Hollywood stuff and you like to know what's going on behind the scenes, man, you got to follow this man's journey. Let's get right to it. Well, like right here on the phone right now, and, and first of all, let me just tell you, Columbus, I ain't editing shit. If you want to be raw, then we're going to be raw. But I'm going to be respectful. Now, if you, right. if you want to say, all right, Russ, let's stop right now, then we can. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you'll do that to me because I'm going to say this. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, Short Stories by Columbus Short, it to me is one of the most entertaining, tragic, beautifully written, thoughtful. And if you love stories that come out of Hollywood and Hollywood stories, you're going to be like me. I started reading it. And I said, I'm just going to do a couple of pages and I'll get to the rest of it later. I couldn't put it down until I was done. Now, to be authentic and tell everyone, and I, I guess I, I can't say we're friends, right? I mean, you're, yeah, of course we're, we're, we're you're, you're not mad at me, brother. You're not, you're not no. mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be transparent, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pull any punches because he is a friend, but at the same time, we've worked together. We've known each other for years. He is, I do consider him a little brother, but what I loved about this book, that it was so darn raw. And I want to thank you, man, for, opening up because this book can help a lot of people and also will get rid of all these like, rumors and all the crap out there that really wasn't legitimate because when I read this book I said there's no reason for you not to be honest there is no reason everything that you put out there about yourself about yourself it's like there's no reason for you to like to fabricate or embellish right right so am I wrong for saying that no, it was actually tough to like, you know, be that raw. You know, I was, me and my editor went back. It was, t it was times that I would have to stop, you know, for weeks because I wasn't ready to like, you know, go all the way there. But I'm like, you know, at this point, you know, the only way to free myself, I guess, is to tell my story, tell it authentically and, you know, and, and be as real as I can because, um, you know, there's been so many misnomers and the, the narrative has been controlled by everyone else but me. I never got yeah. to defend myself. I never spoke up or never. And it just, you know, it was my time to tell my truth. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I've had my share of disappointments with Columbus Short. I know you've been mad at me. I've been mad at you. But one thing that hasn't stopped is my love for you. I think that you have been blessed with one of the most profound gifts that any actor can have. And I will state this, and I have stated this on record. I, out of all the direct, out of the actors I've directed, damn near everybody, there is no one, there's no one that can outact you. You are a phenomenal, you are a gifted. Well, let, me, let me take this time to say to you, you know, while we're on air, you know, I owe you an apology back there. Because, you know, for your listeners that we, you know, we were doing that movie and, and I think I talked to speak to this in the book, you know, I was still in that st stage of mad that I had to do certain projects. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that 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 weren't challenging. It was it was a blessing to have the opportunity, but it wasn't challenging. But I so I didn't give it the same respect that I would have given right. if I was on a network television show. But that wasn't right. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm going to be a professional, you got to be a professional no matter what the circumstances are. And you know, I wanted to apologize to you for that my lack of professionalism on that, and thank you. Because, you know, you helped me in a crucial time. You know, we don't have to go into that. No, but, no. you know, um, you helped me in a crucial time. And, and I just appreciate you and always will. Well, in all, all honesty, it's like the movie was called Definitely Divorcing. And it wasn't anything challenging for you. It was just a simple, mindless comedy. And, uh, you know, even when you just go through the motions, you're like 10 times better than everybody else. So I'm good with that. But let's get into the book, man, because... I think it's kind of important that we we touch on a, a few things. Um, first of all, you were molested at age eight. See, this yeah. puts a lot of things in perspective, especially for me. You know, I know we've talked about some things, but I didn't know how you processed them. And and how you processed them was through your through the anger, through through drugs, through alcohol. Um, and I understand that. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it coming, coming into your sexual awakening that early unforced, I mean, forcibly, you know, I wasn't great, but an older woman, uh, you know, taking your, your virginity at a, such a young age. Um, I didn't know what was going on. Um, and it caused me to be hypersexualized mm. way too early, way too soon. And I think it happens to a lot of people, um, both men and women. <laughs> and it's, it's the, the trial that came after that, I didn't see until adulthood. My, my relationships, um, toxic, my interpersonal relationships seem to constantly be toxic. Um, how I dealt with my anxiety and the, Anxiety I had at eight, you know, I knew it wow. was wrong. I, I carried all that anxiety, right? Wow. So, and, and, and alcohol seemed to, alcohol and drugs, um, seemed to numb and quiet those voices, quiet that angst, um, you know, and that's how I was dealing with a lot of things for many years. But let um, me ask you this, Columbus, and, and I hate to say this, but do you think your affinity towards older women, that might have been a byproduct of it? A hundred, a hundred thousand percent. Oh, okay. Um, um, there's a comfort, there is a comfort there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, an older, mature woman, you know, women my age, I was, I was beyond their years. You know, most times boys, mm -hmm. uh, girls are much older than them when they're coming up, you know, but by the time I was already out of elementary school, going into junior high, I had to experience things that none of the, you know, why boys, I never was with the group of the boys that were talking about you know, in junior high and early in high school, I never had sex again until I was 17. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, because it was not. But but you got married at 18. Young. Right? 19. 19. 19, yeah. How many times have you been married so far? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three times. And you know why I wanted to bring that up? Because you said something interesting in your book. And it was about your mom. Because we're all products of our childhood. And, yeah. And you said that your mom was married on a number of occasions because – I. I'm going to go ahead and say that you say it in the book that your mom killed your father. Yes. Yes. And that alone can, can mess with you. That, but, that was huge. Yes. 
I, I don't want to kind of get into that and have you relive that. Um, but we're good now. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Um, but you've been married three times, and you had an issue with your mom being married a, a number of times. And do you think that you're keeping the cycle going? Because now I know you're happy. No, I think now I broke it. I mean, um, those the first one was I think out of obligation to the church, and I speak about that. You know, what I mean, I was raised in the church, and you want to be, you want to be saved in the church's eyes and living right. And they believe that at that age, you, you know, you need, you want to be having unmarital sex and all these things. So it was kind of a forced thing. And it was a very short, short thing. Um, the second one, I was in love. Yeah. Um, I really was genuinely, but I was, I was still young and I wanted to do things the right way. And I'm like, you know, I messed up that one, but this one I'm in love. This is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, another rushed uh, process. Um, and then as soon as I got married the second time, literally three weeks after that, you know, my career really began, right? My career really took off, which threw a whole another dynamic into the relationship that I was in, knowing that my ex, you know, wanted to be an actress. And it was like, I got into this weird competition. Oh man. Where, oh, yeah. You know, it was a weird, it was a weird thing. Um, <laughs> but and understandable, that, understandable. Cause that right. happens to Hollywood couples. Right. And then, um, you know, and then my, one of my dearest friends for many years, uh, was with me through all of the fall and, and loved me strong through the fall and through the dark days. And we, you know, she got pregnant and it was like, first I'm like, you know, I don't want to get married. We can do this without being married, you know, not to, to, uh, we don't have to do that, but traditional Armenian and, the, you know, I, I never wanted to have a kid out of wedlock. That's right, for sure. Right. Um, so doing the right thing was to, 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 to wed and, and, right. and you know what, I'm thankful for it because having a foundation at home is, is imperative for me at least to be able to be high functioning in the world. Right. Here's what, what I found so fascinating about this book, because I love Hollywood stories. I love inside stuff and you didn't, you weren't salacious or vicious with what you were saying. Like, I, I love the fact that you spoke up on, on, on the movie set of Accepted, which starred, starred yeah. uh, Justin Long, who was the star of the movie, and he was just doing like like typical little racial jokes, and you called him yeah. on it. See, I know, yeah. I know Columbus Short, and I know how you did it, and I know what your yeah. face looked like when you did it, you know, because <laughs> you know when you're playing and you know when you're having fun, and, right. and you, weren't, you weren't playing with them. And so... No. I don't know if they treated you differently. And and then the stories about Stomp the Yard and how one day the director decided, I, I just, I want to replace Columbus. Can you imagine Stomp the Yard without Columbus Short? No, it was, it was the head of the studio. Oh. It wasn't the director. Okay, my bad. It was, my the bad. Head of, it was the head of the studio, Clint Culpepper. But it was, it was crazy because, you know, if I go into detail about that story, it's in the book, it's great. Um, and it, but it, but that moment was uh, Will Packer. I thank him to this day, and Sylvan White, who is the director. They were mm-hmm. like, "No, we're not replacing." Yeah, him. I messed that you up. Know? And 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 you know that was our bad. Mm-hmm. Columbus is solid. Trust me. And the next day, it just put a fire under my back once yeah. I. You know, I, I, I don't want to give all the the book away because you guys have to read yeah, these yeah, stories. You, yeah, you're going to yeah, have yeah, to yeah. read the story because one thing I do know about Columbus is he's a method actor, and. You will go into character. And I found it fascinating, the movie Cadillac Records with uh, Beyonce, how you were playing this character who uh, was a little Walter who um, had a drinking problem and the whole nine. 
And right. you literally were on the set drinking, staying in character. That's where I got yeah. the confusion because I think the director there wanted to fire yeah. you. Absolutely, yes. And mm-hmm. they, couldn't, they couldn't understand that, oh, he's messy and so on and so forth. Now, see, I would have understood. I would have understood because you were in character. As long as I saw on the screen that you were giving me what we needed, why mess with you? But right. what was devastating um, for you was what? little Walter. It was hard for you to excise that demon when you were it done was. with the role. It was because I never went that far before. I never evoked a spirit that um, strong before. I never, you know, um, and and I was so terrified of losing Little Walter. You know this as a, mm-hmm. as a filmmaker. You know, when you get it, you're like, I don't want to step out of it because I might not be able to get back in yeah, it. Yeah. So I just stayed in it. And Denzel, I think, said this about, you know, when you're going into certain roles, you have to take, you know, even Lakeith, right, just recently on uh, Judas and the Messiah, he had to go to therapy post that role. You know, and I didn't do those 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 things to properly um, exercise that demon. And some some of those little spirits stayed with me um, for many a year. Wow, um, you the know, drinking and all that stuff—it was hard to let that go. But you mentioned Denzel, and I wanted to bring him up. You have a chapter called "What a Dick," and <laughs> one of the first laws of power is never outshine the master. Right. And I don't want to tell the whole story about you going on audition with Denzel and me knowing you. Because you're a cocky little fucker. <laughs> Me knowing you, you probably displayed that ego and that cockiness to him. And he wasn't going to be outshined. Unfortunately, I would just say this much. You outshine him on an audition. And people were saying, man, I, I, I never could. No one has ever done that to Denzel. And you were up for the great debaters. You didn't get the role. Then he no. wanted you to come out to do another role. Uh, on stage and there was some game playing or whatever went down and you didn't do that. Now he wasn't exactly cool to you. So my question to you is why would you name your son after Denzel Washington? Um, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> so, and I, and I'm going to just say this, like it was all those years I always felt, you know, there's a term in the hood. They say, you know, oh, don't live a nigga me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was always, I felt like he was like, Instead of bringing me, uh, taking me under his wing, but that wasn't his job. I, as an adult now, I'm like, that wasn't your job. You know what I mean? I just, that was my hope or my j- desire. Um, uh, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen that way. But um, when my son was born, he was still, I still admired him so much. I still um, have this, this strong desire to want to work with him, learn from him, um, get, 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 get jewels and, and, and tricks of the trade that I, you know, I'm a master of my craft, but there's still those. That Denzel's got some stuff that I, 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 you know, I would, I would die to learn. And um, when I, my son was born, I'm like, I want to name him after something that I care about, something that I admire, somebody that's my hero, and Denzel is that. Well, let me just say this. There's a story in there about Idris Elba, who basically told you that Denzel was a dick. And, but I'm, I'm going to let you guys read the book because you have to read. I was just blown away by what happened on the set of American Gangster. That that kind of really threw me for a loop. Um, the one, the one pair, uh, I think the one um, chapter that I know that it's gotten more attention than it should, because there's so many layers to you. There's so many things about your story that I thought was important, but I got to bring it up. Um, why are you fucking that nigga? And, yeah. and basically it was, you were involved with Brittany. Didn't want to be, 
At the time, Kevin Federline, who was a background dancer with you, he warned you not to go on the road with Brittany. And you were trying to get out of that situation. And what happens is when you you dwell, you dwell and you crap where you eat, then what happens, you can get fired. But it was interesting how you were with her and you overheard her parents. Why are you fucking that nigga? And she apologized in the whole night. So, you know, recently they're coming out and denying that. Right. Um, you know, people reached out to me on behalf of uh, of Lynn Spears and said, you know, she's really upset that he called her a racist. And, you know, I'm like, listen, if she wants to talk about it, you know, but we can, she can call me and we can have a conversation. I, I harbor no ill will or bad feelings. I'm just saying what happened. And, mm-hmm. and, and in, in retrospect, some people, man, like, they may not forget they even spoke like that. You know what I mean? Because it was right. like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't say that, or maybe he didn't hear me say that, or you know, whatever. Right. Um, but but the but the but the point is is that I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, and the only reason I wrote that is because um, showing that and as you as you read the book, you know, racism. I had I've experienced it since I was a kid. Um, on every level, like there's no as a black man walking through this earth, there has been, I've been in every set, set of circumstances, every environment, every mm. geoeconomic environment, every, you know, socioeconomic environment. One of the things I wanted to say to you is like, you've done a lot of hiding. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that, and you probably do already know, because we probably have had some talks about this at three o'clock in the morning, you hide who you are and, yeah. and you've had to do it out of convenience. You had to do it because that was your, your way to survive. Yeah. You, you had to hide when you were involved with gangs and, and try to be a crip, but knowing right. that you could talk like the average white boy down the street, you played the game. You, you've been hiding. Ha- yeah. Have you come out of hiding? Come out of hiding, man. And that's what this book was about. It's like, I can't, I have to, I want to live my authentic self and, you know, for whatever reason, scared of ridicule, scared of being, all of the things that make people hide. Um, I had a, all the whole list. And now in my life, I'm secure in who I am. You know, I went to hell, um, mm. uh, you know, to the mm. bowels of hell and had to climb, um, claw, um, and gnaw my way out. And um, I am blessed today to say, you know, I am proud of the man that I am today, not without fault. Listen, I'm still not without fault. I'm still human being, but I am a far sight more secure and stable on my foot, my both feet start firmly planted on the ground where I'm comfortable with, with like this, my mm. throwing my story to the wolves, letting me eat it. Um, whatever backlash may come, which was aware of it. And, you know, I didn't even know how my mom was really going to feel about the book. And but lo and behold, like all I've ever wanted in my whole life was just my mom to say, I'm sorry. Mm. And, and it took this book for her to just call me and say, son, I'm sorry. And our relationship is completely healing. And that that spirit of reconciliation is like in my whole family. And it's just been a wonderful time. And I think that having that stuff become whole is making me um, a a more comfortable man Mm -hmm. uh, and a more man man ready to face the world to do the things that I love to do, which is be an artist and create. Nice. We're talking to Columbus Short, his book, Short Stories. It is a must read we could talk a lot about the scandal situation. I want the people to read this book so they can hear the things, uh, the Kerry Washingtons and the Shonda Rhimes and, and, and their input in your life and people that wanted to help Columbus. And, and, and can I just be honest with you? 
I was one of those kind of guys that wanted to help and fix you. And you know one of the things yeah. when I got really angry that one time I got angry at you. And one time I wanted to fight you. I wanted, I said, man, I'm not going to fight him out in the open because he'll use his youth on me. I just want to go in his trailer and I might be able to land one or two. <laughs> I've read about it. You're knocking people out, but now, you know, I'm a little bigger than you. I figure if we can't move, but you know, we got a little close in space. I'm going to have a shot instead of watching you do these backflips and doing, you know, these karate chops and stuff. But you know, the thing is, is that you are ready to be fixed. And now after reading this book, I was like, I took a deep breath because I'm not, I'm not used to ostracizing people that I love. That's right. not, that's not a good feeling for me. And you know that I, I get criticized all the time, but you're always doing, for, you're always doing stuff for people that have fucked you over. And right. without me looking at what are you going through? What have you been through? This answers, this checks all the boxes. This answers everything for me personally. In, in in how I've dealt with Columbus Short over the years, me, and you know what it, it it did it did for me too on the sense of like you know there was that there I'm I'm not I'm a very humble person and if I ever showed arrogance in my career, it was always mostly probably out of insecurity. It wasn't it wasn't mm. like I've never felt worthy to be in any station that I was there instead of just being like okay you deserve to be here because every you know I got a lot of places in my career without encouragement without a support team without a support system. And so, you know, you get certain places and you're like, Oh wow, I'm here. Mm-hmm. But you're like, Oh, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. And Oh, maybe the jigs up. They're going to look, they're going to find out that I'm really not supposed to be here. And then I'm not. And so it was living in that constant space, had that, that air of arrogance or that, that cockiness was really a guard mm. um, that wouldn't let people get too close. Right. So I wouldn't get hurt. It was a misdirection um, but, move. And, and the thing, the thing is, it's like I could never understand for the life of me because you talk to everybody, man. Columbus is great. I remember when I wanted to hire you for a movie and they said, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to have problems. But I did anyway because I thought, oh, Russ, he's the nice guy and everybody's got to love him and, and Columbus will love me more and, and we'll be able to talk like little brother and big brother. And, and it, it didn't work out that way. And I didn't, I, at first I took it personally, but I, after a while it's like, okay, because this is not about Russ Parr. This is about Columbus Short's book, by the way, y'all. Uh, it's called Short Stories. <laughs> but it helps me because I was so excited about reading this to see this growth and this maturation of this, gen, this, this, this man who is just a fun-loving, big-hearted guy. But for somebody to be as talented as you and to see, hear you say that I have insecurities that's that's kind of like almost an oxymoron to me. That's that's powerful, man. Right, and it's only until you face those things that you can heal from them. And you know, I think if I'll leave any message with your listeners, it's like, you know, it's okay for us, not only African American people. Um, we are taught to, we go through these real traumas, or we're living life with PTSD, like we went overseas mm-hmm. and really fought a war, and we mm-hmm. just keep trucking. Um, and those things catch up to you at a certain point. And I, I feel like it's okay to sit down with somebody. It's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to, nice. you know, do the work on yourself, um, unpack that closet so that you can make room for some new wonderful blessings to be put in. There. You know what I mean? If you guys want to read a, mo- a very powerful book uh, and entertaining at the same time, eye-opening, because there are some stories and anecdotes in there that can help you, you know, going through and dealing with your demons and, I just listening to your voice, man, I can hear that you've excised them. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy 
And, and, I appreciate and, that. And now the world can be blessed with the talent that you have because it's second to none, dude. And I'm not saying that the stroke that. is second to none. And that was the big I thing. I appreciate that. Nobody wanted to see you waste that. And and you got, you're still young. You've lived three lives already, man. <laughs> right. I was talking to an executive the other day and I said, look, I said, what's the difference between Joaquin Phoenix, Robert Downey Jr. and myself? He was like, took him in. I was like, I'm black. And I said, I know that. I said, I know that traditionally we should just be happy that we got a chance. But if we have it, we got a chance. And I did everything. I bled for this game. I, you know, I, I, I gave my all. I said, um, you know, I think I, you know, with a second chance, I'm going to do it right. Um, and he looked at me and he's like, you know what, Columbus, you're 100% right. And um, that's what I'm, that's every day. And, you know, before I leave this earth, it's not about how many movies I make, television shows, what I do, you know, winning awards, whatever. I want to make sure that my name, uh, my, my, my sons, my daughters, my family is proud to have that short on their last of the end of their name. Absolutely. Well, I'm proud to call you my friend. And I love you, man. I love you too, man. And um, again, man, keep doing it. Stay in touch. And whenever you feel like you want to do like a low budget film and work for scale, just hit me up, please. All right. Thanks for listening to the Russ podcast. Make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ podcast. We'll be dropping Russ's rants occasionally, so make sure you check that out. And a new episode each week. Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Parr Morning Show, syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Parr Show. Thanks again, y'all.